0: From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Well, I feel like... uh, Maybe that country song by George Strait applies here. <laughs> the cowboy rides away.
1: This uh, is the last one, Mark. Our last, our last hoorah. Uh,
0: it's our last hoorah with you. Yeah. We, well, you and I. Yeah. Yes. So uh, yeah, this is uh, how many? How many have we done now? I'm.
1: Well, I went back and counted, and if my math is right, this is episode number eighty so you've uh, been on most of them i've been all of them but a handful i mean carter's done a few and then earlier this year i was out for surgery and uh richard Richard mcginnis McGinnis. filled in but other than that i bet i've been here for at least 70 to 75 out of 80 so not too bad
0: not too bad we've covered a lot of topics uh i you know i think probably workforce and all of the Workforce development, workforce retention, all those types of things—probably some of the most talked about uh, on these podcasts. At least that seems to me anecdotally.
1: Yeah, I think so too. You know, um, we we've talked about a few different topics, and I thought it'd be fun just to kind of—I don't know—it's the end of the year too, so it's kind of fun. You know, everybody does these kind of reminiscing back kind of wrap things, up, but wrap up uh, type best deal of The best of, but like um, one of the topics, you know, a lot of the things were around workforce, um, but one of the topics we covered quite a bit was that quiet quitting. And there's been a lot of different uh, articles that we've talked about on here and employee engagement and all of those things. So that seemed to be kind of, to me, that's, as I think back, that's one of the recurring themes when we talk about workforce is that. Quiet, quitting, and all those kind of things.
0: And we seem to see, uh, see more of that uh, as we had more and more a remote workforce. At least that's what some of the initial uh, reviews and uh, surveys indicated, that that was at least a contributor to this because it's easier to quiet quit when you're not uh engaged, When nobody's around. When nobody's that. around. <laughs> but it, it, it has been a big topic uh, and has led to other uh, work conditions that I think worthy of a, a bit of review here.
1: Well, and I think, you know, and, and it's not just what I'll say, the frontline workers. It's it's that where people are still coming to work every day, but they're looking for something else. And, um, and now uh, I was reading some things. Gallup kind of had their end of 2023 kind of top topics for the year. And one of them talked about um, management and how management has really – seen more of this quiet quitting phenomenon as well um just because it's testing them in so many ways and you know one of them is the the remote workforce but they just their engagement is declining and they don't feel like their employers care about them or their well-being so kind of fascinating to see that topic continue to bubble up into the inbox so kind of a domino effect maybe mm-hmm. I, I think so. Um, you know, you see it with the workers and, and management gets frustrated. I think there's times where people think that they should be coming back to work and it's difficult to reach people. And, you know, when you walk next door to the office next door, it's just a lot easier to have a conversation and and, and make those conversations happen and make decisions and talk through matters and issues and ideas and when everybody's not there, I think they lose a little bit of that connection. And I think that's one of the things that I, that I hear about is people lose that connection.
0: Well, and, and companies, management uh, probably hasn't adopted or adapted to that particular type of workforce as well as they could have or should have. I mean, the engagement process with a remote worker is much different than it is for somebody that's in office or in building.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, just those interactions with the water cooler, so to speak, or as you're walking down the hall, or if you need to talk to somebody, you can walk into their office and uh, have those conversations and collaboration happens. And it's just a lot more difficult when, it's, um, when everybody's not there. So see how that It'll be be interesting
0: to see how this plays out. I mean, you know, this really came to light as we were coming out of the pandemic, it became more and more of an issue because remote work uh, during the pandemic was thought to be the salvation of uh, a good portion of the workforce.
1: Yeah. I mean, people were able to, uh, I mean, it was good for employers because they were able to continue productivity and, and keep their businesses going through that time period. And now I mean, we've even seen it at the state. The governor has is, is called everyone back to work. So lots of questions going on
0: there. It's interesting, too, because I know this also caused some concern amongst commercial real estate developers and uh, those that uh, the management firms that on commercial real estate uh, from coming out of the pandemic. And I don't think we've seen the, the end of that story either as we head into 2024. How do you see it?
1: Well, I mean, I recently had to look for office space as I've uh, been going through this transition. And one of the things I discovered was there's like forty to 50,000 square feet of unused office space right now, unoccupied office space. Just in Lincoln? Just in downtown Lincoln. Downtown. Um, which I thought was very fascinating. Um, but you drive around, there are some pockets in downtown Lincoln where places are just flat out empty and so um it 's a little bit of a buyer 's market in some cases uh but it is difficult it 's you know you 've got to find the right kind of space and all of that, but there is plenty of office space available in downtown Lincoln and I think we 'll have to see what that what happens over the next twelve to eighteen months i mean I think the space that I'm going into has been unoccupied for a couple of years. And I looked at several spaces where it had been two to three years where they hadn't had occupants in those offices. And that's, that's difficult for the economy, too. So there's, there's a lot of domino effect, as you referred to earlier, from those. And that, that then
0: heads into downtown businesses, restaurants, uh, all types of downtown activities when the people are not downtown.
1: Yeah, I mean, if people aren't downtown, it's a little harder for the coffee shops, the restaurants, the you know, the little corner stores that are down there and those kind of things that get a lot of walk-in traffic from that. So I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of impact from those spaces being empty.
0: And a lot to uh, go through as we head into 2024 and to and watch because yeah. this story is nowhere near done.
1: No, I don't think so at all. That's uh, kind
0: of what we've covered on workforce retention, but the other big one and, and some of the most interesting conversations that we've had, even with some of our guests, has been the workforce development. Do a review of, of what the Lincoln Business Beat and workforce development has meant to you as a head of an independent business association, but also uh, what you're seeing uh, in the education community and in other parts of uh, you know the, the business climate where workforce development has really become a topic of discussion.
1: Well, that's an issue, you know, um, our our employers and our businesses were talking about identifying workforce and all those kind of things. And we've talked a lot about the Career Academy on, on the Lincoln Business Beat. And that relationship really blossomed as we kind of moved through the pandemic and moved forward um, with the Career Academy with, career fairs, job fairs, we recently did a pathway summit, and we've done a half a dozen or so things where we've worked with the Career Academy to put employers in front of prospective employees. And hundreds of kids are finding jobs from that. And what they're finding, what are, especially in the skilled workforce area, is they're finding uh, employees that can come in and they've got some good training and so they've got kind of the base knowledge for whatever that uh, skill set is they're looking for. Now they just come in and teach them the company way, which expedites the training process, shortens the training process quite a bit, and then also uh, you know just provides them with good workforce and good connections. And when those young people are getting those jobs as they're juniors and seniors in high school – it's, it's great for those companies because they can develop them and continue them into their business as they go uh, out of high school and move on. So it's kind of similar to when we had Michonne Morrow on and she talked about some of the lateral classes that she's trying to do with officers from other departments where they have kind of the base skills. They just kind of have to teach them the LPD way.
0: One of the most interesting uh, discussions that I remember on this was with the Career Academy, the Career Fair that was held at the Career Academy, and you talked about a student that had her resume, and somebody at the next booth heard her talking about, and she ended up getting a job entirely a different area than she had anticipated. I mean, that's a win-win.
1: There, there was real. It was kind of a double light bulb moment, Mark, because. Um, the student uh, was in a marketing area and business area and was talking to someone kind of for that marketing area. And there was an ag company with a booth right next to him and went, we need something like that. And so they actually created an internship for the student. And, I mean, they tapped her on the shoulder and says, hey, we'd like to talk to you when you're done over there. And so all of a sudden this connection was happening. And so when we talk about face-to-face interaction – where things can happen and collaboration can happen, this is a perfect example. They, they heard a student talking about their skill sets, and they went, hey, we could use that. And the student went to work in an ag industry, which is something that she never imagined would be possible. And last I knew, she was still working with that company. So, again, by making those connections and providing that, you know, for us to be able to provide that is really a, a big deal. This has also led to
0: some unique uh, collaboration uh, with LPS and some of the high schools with uh, various sectors and businesses in the community in developing these types of training programs at the high school level, such as Duncan Aviation out at North Star, Brian Health out at Northwest, uh, I believe uh, even Standing Bear has a program. Um, So this is uh, more than just uh, Southeast Community College and LPS teaming together on the Career Academy. Uh, LPS also has some of these tracks that uh, get students involved in these areas.
1: We're seeing a lot of these focus programs in the high schools, which it's interesting to see. Four years ago, when I started at LEBA, um, a lot of the businesses were focused on SEC, UNL, Nebraska Wesleyan, Doan, you know, the college university setting for their recruiting. And now they're focusing all the way down to the high schools. And so it's really an evolution of what can we do to develop people um, and, and the local people as well, right? If you're a local business and you get that local high school kid involved in your business and get them a good job and are giving them good training, there's a better likelihood we're going to keep them here in Lincoln. So it's, it's really been a win-win. And, and to watch businesses be creative in what they do with scholarships and you know um, tuition reimbursement for high school kids when they go off to college, and having those programs, um, you know there are there are businesses out there that will do things like uh, we have a certain uh, dress code, and so maybe if students can't afford that, they're providing them with the the things that they need and so it's just so many unique things that businesses are doing to provide the tools to and eliminate barriers for people to come to work from them and so it's really it's been over 4 years a lot of innovation a lot of different thinking you know it went from the future is working with the University of Nebraska to it's the University of Nebraska, it's SCC, it's all these other colleges, and it's the high schools, it's the Career Academy. It's all of those different places that we can start to build our workforce.
0: And the collaboration between those educational uh, institutions, LPS, SCC, the Career Academy, uh, Nebraska and UNL, on dual credit and recognizing credits at those levels has made a huge effect on what it costs for uh, advanced or, or, or higher education for a lot of families.
1: Oh my gosh, it makes a big deal. I've talked about it on here, how it impacted our family. Our middle daughter, Allison, uh, went through the criminal justice program at TCA, and she went out, I think it was 26 or 28 college credits that she had when she graduated high school. And, and I think we paid about 300 bucks a semester for a couple of years, so we put 1200 bucks in and she comes out with all of those credit hours and it makes a huge difference for her as she pursues her college degree and it's really helped her advance and, and get through it. She's able to add a double major or minor, those kind of things, and still graduate in four years or less. And that's a big deal for parents too when you start looking at the cost of, of higher education
0: we could go on and on and on but it's time to uh, also talk about uh, some of the people that have been uh, in the guest chair here at the Lincoln Business Week we've had some uh, some really interesting conversations with some uh, very interesting people
1: well i i was reflecting as we were preparing for the show and i was thinking about all the different guests and i started to think well we've had city council members we've had county board members we've had members of the legislature um, we've had LPS on here. We've had SCC on here. Um, but then we've had uh, members of the legislature. We've had the governor. Well, he was the governor elect. Oh, so, uh, that's right. He was the governor elect. Uh, we've had uh, Mike Flood, our congressman. We've had uh, Senator Ricketts really to provide information. And that's, that's really cool to think about all those elected officials and their willingness to come and talk about different issues. Uh, for our local business owners, you know, Congressman Flood had uh, Scott Lockard from Hampton came out and testified in front of a congressional committee. And then I look at, well, we've had the county engineer uh, in here and talked. We've had uh, Liz Elliott from LTU has been in here and talked about uh, different things. We've had the police chief, we've had the fire chief, um, just a lot of different community people to talk about different things and what's happening. And I didn't count up the number of guests I probably should have, but it's, it's kind of neat to see that these folks are willing to come in and participate and, and help us grow our reach. Number one, but also to help provide information. Cause I think at the end of the day, we wanted to, when, when this vision came through, it was let's create a podcast that informs business owners of what's happening, important issues and topics and, and, we're, you and I aren't the subject matter experts for everything. I know that's hard for people to be, believe, but I mean, <laughs> you're probably better than I am at that. But to br- be able to bring people in and provide good information. And so it's kind of fun to look back and think about all the, all the folks that we've had on the, on the show.
0: What's been interesting, too, from my perspective, being in the news area of the radio station, is to have these extended conversations and be able to follow up questions that we just don't have time to do in in a spot news type organization. This is more. It goes to culture. It goes to. It goes much, much deeper. Uh, uh, Interim Chief Morrow uh, told us some stories and explained her, her long term and their long range goals. We could never afford the time within a newscast to get in and as deep and find out what this how how are they responding to public safety in in this time and age.
1: I think that's a really good point, Mark, because we have. I mean, we're not uh, we're not uh, constrained We're in, we're not under time constraints on the Lincoln Business Beat. But but you're right. You know, for Chief Morrow to come in and say here are my visions and here is what we are doing and to be able to ask those follow-up questions and let her go deeper because I think to get inside the mind of those folks and understand is really what can provide a great value and that's that's one of the things that hopefully we've been able to do is provide a great value to uh, our listeners.
0: Finally uh, in our next segment we're going to go a deep dive on something that I've heard you say at least uh, let's see 75 times, one, two, three. I'd say 350, 400 times (laughs) uh, on the Lincoln Business Beat, and that is? Decisions are made by those who show up. That's our deep dive segment next. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and now you can have an immediate effect on the success of our program. The 1890 initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska's always been a leader in college athletics, let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890Nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker's student athletes. That's
1: 1890Nebraska.com. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
0: On the Lincoln business beat, if you've heard it once. I know you've heard it at least two, 300 times. Decisions are made by those who show up, and if there could be a slogan or a motto for the Lincoln Business Beat, that might be it.
1: It's almost my uh, personal—I don't know—want to say vendetta, but it's almost my personal mission is to continue to talk about that because, um, and and this goes back to when I was a young child, my grandfather who uh, was in the service during the World War II times and he always said if you don't show up and vote then for all intents and purposes his was then shut the heck up um and so that that's always something that stuck with me and you, to be engaged but it's not just going to the polls every year or every couple of years and you know filling in the ovals and those kind of things you know we live in a state and in a country where it's not only encouraged, it's almost expected that you reach out to your elected officials. And um, I. the fact, and, and this gets tedious during the legislative session, which is about to start, every bill that gets introduced gets a hearing. And the public is invited to show up and provide testimony in favor of, in opposition of, or in neutral capacity for every bill at the legislature and that can be done in person or online yes and after the pandemic they came out and they they allow you to submit uh submit things in writing so if you're not able to attend that day you just got to get it in by the the day before and so it's important to know those things and it's important to see those things and and that's why i think and and i'm going to use a couple of examples mark so um a couple of years ago, the city of Lincoln was considering uh, an ordinance or a resolution that uh, would require certain training if you were going to be a contracted uh, if you were going to be contracted by the city to do work and there were some things that were not probably what our members would appreciate. And so like some of the, and it was apprenticeship training. Ironically at the time, they would not recognize training at Southeast community college as acceptable. It had to be through these other means. And so I reached out to the members in the industries that I felt were impacted. And I said, Hey, cause we could do that through our database and say, Hey, Hey, this is coming up at the city council. You should really counsel, contact your council members. Here's an email address that you can send to the council members. Here's a number that you can call for the council. Go forth. Do you know? I didn't say you should oppose it, but you know, you need to read this and understand how it's going to impact you. And so uh, what happened was our members responded and That got pulled from the docket, and there were some discussions, some negotiations. Um, There were some things that happened that made it better. Did it make it perfect in the eyes of everyone? No. But it opened it up, and now training at Southeast does work, and those kind of things. And so when people band together and are able to voice their concerns, it can make a difference. And I think that's important. I think it's important for people to understand that, that when we show up, you can have an impact. It's our duty. It's our obligation. Um, and and, and I'll, so that's a good example on the business side of it. On the flip side, on the personal side of it, uh, let's go back to a few months ago when the infamous pink card hearing happened down at uh, the city county building. Over 300 people show up. And this was uh, the city, the county, or the city, the school board, SCC, and a couple of the villages in Lancaster County. 300 people showed up, and it didn't matter what their political affiliation was. It didn't matter what their socioeconomic status was. All of these people were united in a voice that says we can continue to pay these kind of massive increases in property taxes. And Southeast Community College actually responded because originally remember they had an original levy they were gonna raise it to the max and then they went to a midpoint and then they actually ended up leaving the levy the same. And so by having those conversations and by people showing up it made a difference. Um, Yes, we're paying more to Southeast Community College next year because of valuations. However, it's not as much as it could have been. And that was one of the really, I mean, I was proud because I'm an advocate of decisions are made by those who show up. I was proud to see that many show up. And it's one of the few times that I've observed where everyone in the room agreed 100%. Didn't matter any of your politics, didn't matter Any anything, it was, we got to have a solution because we can't continue to have this happen. And uh, it was really kind of cool, and I talked about this here on the Lincoln Business Feed also, after every speaker, the room applauded. And that doesn't happen very often in hearings, and sometimes committee chairs or the city council might respond and say hey we don't need any outbursts like that but it was really a unifying time and it was unified around one thing and so i think when we can do that when people can show up and you know uh i was at a town hall with some state legislators last week or a couple weeks ago all the state senators from that serve lincoln and lancaster county with the exception of one who had a prior commitment were in the room it was at union college there's probably a hundred people showed up, but one of the state senators talked about uh, a business owner that came to him. And I know it because it's a Liba business owner. Cause when he said it, I knew exactly who it was um, who went to him and showed him these property tax valuations and how things changed. And now the state Senator is trying to work with that constituent on what can be done. Senator Anna Wishart from Lincoln, who's going to be in her last year, talked about a couple of the bills that she's passed as a state senator that started with a call to her office and so although we may think we can't make a difference we can Um, but it's important to know who your city council member is your school board member your county board your nrd it's important to know who the elected officials are who represent you and have conversations with them and You know, we at LEBA have a lot of conversations with elected officials, and nothing is more powerful than when a homeowner, a business owner, a constituent shows up and voices those concerns. Uh, My wife had some concerns a couple of years ago, and I said, here's our state senator, here's the email address, email your state senator. And the state senator, which ironically was Anna Wishart at the time, Senator Wishart emailed back. They had a great dialogue. Um, there were some things that they were, were able to be done through the legislature. And I don't even remember the topic, but like they kind of moved some things and made it a little better. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't anything. But it happened because somebody reached out. And that is what I hope our listeners will continue to do uh, is reach out know your elected officials, reach out to them, show up, submit testimony in writing. You know, you can email the Lincoln City Council, council packet at lincoln.ne.gov, and every one of the council members gets that uh, email. So there are a lot of ways that you can reach out to your elected officials. The legislature, you can go online, and you could submit comment on a bill, and it goes to the members of the committee, and they see that we have to do that. We have to make our voices be heard.
0: The one thing that I've noticed that this process, and, and you mentioned the pink card hearing, it also serves kind of uh, a, a reminder to elected officials and those uh, bodies that have taxing authority that they actually work for the constituents, not for the particular a board or a governing agency that they have been elected to. They work for the public. And it's just kind of a, a not-so-subtle reminder of who they work for.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. And, and I, always, I always like to say it's not government-funded. It's taxpayer-funded because government is funded by the taxpayers. Um, but, but you're right, Mark. They do serve us, and, and they're elected to represent us, whether we vote for them or not. They're there to represent us. And so having those conversations, reaching out to them, it's its your duty, it's your right, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, it sets a good precedent for future generations. I mean, I, when my daughter was born for years and years and years, I've taken her to the voting booth with me um, to participate because I think those kind of things are important. And I think to see the dialogue now, There's a lot of state senators, there's a lot of city council members, school board members that we haven't agreed with when I've been at LEBA. But we've been able to sit in a room and have a conversation. And we've been able to have those conversations. And sometimes they can change our minds. Sometimes we can change their minds. Sometimes we don't change each other's minds and we have to agree to disagree. At the end of the day, those conversations are happening. And those are relationships. And having those relationships, I think, is beneficial to the LIBA members. It's beneficial to everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Final words and thoughts?
1: Well, I'm just honored to have been able to do this podcast. I've enjoyed being the president and CEO of LIBA. You know, before the show, Mark handed me a stat sheet. um, And after, well, through 79 episodes, um, we've had over 2,500 unique users have listened to the Lincoln business beat. I'm pretty proud of that. I think we should both be proud of that because that means we're reaching a lot of people and, and, and it's been great. And we've had, we've had folks who have responded to the podcast with emails who have said, what about this topic or how about this or that? And we've done those things. And so I'm just proud to have been able to do it. It, the first time this idea got to, brought to me, I said, you want me to do what? And how does that work? And what does that mean? And I had more questions than answers. And and then we just decided, okay, we're starting on this date. <laughs> and away we went. And it was July 1st of 2022, a year and a half later. Um, I hope this has been of value to the people who have listened because that at the end of the day is, is the goal. That's always been my goal, whether it's as the CEO of Leba, or sitting here in this podcast, my my goal is to add value uh, to those that are around. So hopefully we've been able to do that.
0: With that, we'll wish you the very best in your new endeavors back into the private sector, but staying in Lincoln. And uh, we'll be watching, and I'm sure, listening to every edition of the Lincoln Business Beat from here on out. Absolutely. I'm I'm still going to be a loyal member of LIBA. I do want to point out one thing. You mentioned the, the uh, unique users. I do know that in some instances... Uh, at least segments of the Lincoln business, because I've been told this. They'll actually uh, listen to it, and this happened to be in a legislative office. They had one unique uh, listener, but there was like six or seven staff members listening. So, you know, one unique user. We're reaching a lot more
1: people than just that number. So. who would have thought a year and a half ago that we'd be reaching that many people? Yeah, I just hoped that at least one person would listen other than you and me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, best of luck and uh, good luck in the new year.
1: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you and all you've done to help with this.
0: This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes.